Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. My brothers and sisters in Christ join us every Thursday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. Hell. It's not going to be empty. The devil exists and he hates you. Some people carry hell within themselves here on earth. Alexander Sholzenitskin says, the line separating good and evil passes not through states nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart. Today, we're joined once again by John Murphy, and we're going to talk about reflections on hell particularly based off of one of the great Fulton Sheen's talks. We're going to get into, is hell justice? Is that justice? Is that fair? How is it that God that's supposed to be all love, all about love, how does that guy create hell, right? Because he also created it. Exactly. And, you know, the fact that there's a highway to hell and only a stairway to heaven, I think talks a lot about <laughs> yeah. anticipated traffic numbers. Wow. <laughs> I never thought so, about that. Yeah, right. So so this is going to be an interesting show, I think, Raj. I'm I'm excited about it. This is a really you don't you don't again, this is one of those topics that we don't hear priests in our churches, religious leaders talk a lot about this. And this is the time when they should be talking about this. Yes. Man, what I see when I when I see the evil in the world today, man, I I I certainly, you know, give some thought to this. But listen, I'm excited about having John on because John has very quickly become part of my God squad, one of my <laughs> one of my guys, trademark along with you and Chris Carrillo, who we know. Um, you Jason. guys are are the people yeah. that I hang out with that are 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 so well read up on our catechesis and our 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 faith that I go to you guys when I have questions and, oh. and I'm, I'm humble. You know, I, wow. I really, I can't even hold a, a candle to some of you guys and some of the things that you guys oh, have taught me. So, and I know you don't want to hear that. And I know you want to be embarrassed. So kind, <laughs> but the reality is that, that there is a, a lot to learn and I'm happy to have John because he's always very, very good about shedding the light on stuff that's going on. I know there's a lot of stuff in here. But man, take take the wheel. Take uh, devil, take the wheel. No, no, no. Jesus, take the wheel. But you know what I mean. Take take the wheel of hell. Well, yeah. Well, I'll just say, you know, I've gotten a lot of great stuff from both of you guys too, and you too, Dusty, as well. The yeah. last time I was on here, uh, we were talking about angels and demons, and right. the same thing happened. We talked about how priests and leadership in the church don't talk about it enough. Uh, you also mentioned the 54-day novena, which I had started one of those. I went all the way through one, and I'm start, I've already started another one there, too. Then you also presented to us, which we were just talking about, the surrender novena as well. So I appreciate that. Like Keep those concepts coming to me, because whenever I get ideas for new ways to pray or new novenas, I jump right on it. And I want to say one of these quotes from Fulton J. Sheen, the great Fulton Sheen. I get so much stuff from him. And in Sheen, he says, I love this line. Check this out. It is just as difficult to make a free nation without judges and prisons as it is to make a free world without judgment and hell. No state constitution 
could exist for six months on the basis of that liberal Christianity, which denies that Christ meant when he said, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, which was prepared for the devil and his angels. That's from Matthew 25, 41. And right out the gate, right out the gate, it hits you hard. And it makes you think about, well, if you want justice, right? We know God is love, but you can't have love without justice, right? Justice is to render one which is due. And some people might say, uh, how can a loving God send people to hell? And I'm reminded of C.S. Lewis when he says in, in The Great Divorce, that great line where he says, there'll be some at the end when they'll say to God, thy will be done. And to those whom God will say, thy will be done. But God's not going to force you. He gives it to you. Break that down a little bit, John, about the judgment. How is that fair? What would you say to somebody who says that's not fair to send people to hell? Well... I would say, first of all, we don't really know what fairness is. Only God could really know that. We can kind of conceptualize what we think is fair, what we think isn't fair. But, you know, uh, God in his infinite wisdom knows what's fair. And, yeah, I think it's it's a natural train of thought. And it's just logically sound to think, okay, if, if there is an eternal reward, then there would have to be sort of an opposite of that, you know, mm. or... Uh, you know, some sort of counter to that as well. And it's fair because, you know, we, we, we look through history, there's a lot of people that have been, you know, uh, submitted to pain and suffering by the hands of others. And I think it's only fitting that uh, we can rest with comfort knowing that justice will be served to those that have brought that upon themselves. You know, and it would kind of make life uh, a little bit unbearable to think that, you know, uh, people are made to suffer and that justice would never be done to certain people. You know, they just live, they tor torture people and then they die and that's it. Well, you know, uh, a God that would allow that to happen to me seems a little bit more uh, harder to uh, right. understand than a God who loves and then a God who's also just at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you, you think about that. And I know there's been many different depictions of hell in literature and so many different things. You think of Dante's Inferno, right? The divine comedy by the great Dante. And you think of the most famous part, you know, he goes purgatorio and then even in heaven and he has his his journey into the depths of hell with virgil his guide and you think about the nine circles of hell and it's a fiction right but there's truth in there and it's interesting that when dante makes the journey to the nine circles of hell he goes through different horrific gory tortures but when he gets down to the bottom the final part, the center of hell where Satan resides. It's interesting that throughout the whole way, it's all fire, brimstone burning. But where Satan resides, it's ice cold. It's ice cold. And it's like weird. It's like, yes, because to me, that ice coldness, people are frozen. It represents a life without fire, without love, without the light, right? And darkness, without the light, the fire, without the warmth. It's so ice cold. It's frozen. And you have, of course, Judas, and then there was it, uh, 
um, he's eating, right? He's eating Judas. He has the Satan has three heads the way he's depicted. He's just gigantic. And there's cannibalism. There's depiction of, of cannibalism inside the final circle of hell. And it's interesting because to me, I look at that as the anti-Eucharist. Sure. It's the yeah, opposite yeah. of the Eucharist. Because what do we do? We consume our Lord's body, right? This is my body. And we consume it, eat this, eat of this. But in Dante's Inferno, the tops, the most baddest, the most worst circle of hell that is frozen, there's cannibalism. And that's the worst. To me, I see that as an anti-Eucharist. Uh, what say you, Dusty? Uh, you know, I'm, th- I'm thinking about uh, what John said and, and the idea of whether or not uh, hell is fair. Mm. You know, when I think of God, I've come to understand through my own experiences, trials, and tribulations that God is all love. God wants nothing but the best for us. We are the ones that turn our back on him, that Amen. refuse his um, His guidance for us, and then we end up getting in trouble. And there is this part that basically uh, talks to me about the fact that many people around us in this world completely don't even acknowledge God or that love and they suffer, right? You, you can see it. We all suffer. So I know for sure they suffer, but there, there are things that you see play out. I mean, complete, if you want to call it a karma play, a karma play or, or, you know, a, a justice play or whatever you see these stories of these people. So, so God, loves us and he his love and our love by the way too can be eternal and so therefore the concept of hell is also eternal and 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 i believe that you have um the situation where you have turned your back on god you have turned your 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 face towards something other than him you're not living in his grace you're turning not living inward. in yeah you're turning inward and you're being um even even some religions honestly as as i studied uh religious uh types of um religious types of or, or religious types should i say there's a lot of religions where you can basically see that um there is no real outside God. It's all about God is inside you. Yeah. You are God, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it 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 really is kind of sad to me because you do need something bigger than you. You do need something um, that will uh, uh, allow you to 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 reach out for something better, hopefully. And so far, um, that's my 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 experience. You know, the the punishment that we that we feel or that we commit um to ourselves when we turn away from god's love that's what i'm present to and there's also um a double punishment from turning away from god which is that we are without him without we we suffer the loss of god when we do that and when we take certain actions in our life so there's this horrible pain um, that I think about even in my own life, when I've done things to turn away from God, when I've done things, I haven't lived, um, you know, the way he wants me to, 
I see it a lot in my brothers and sisters who suffer with drug use. Mm. Okay. They turn away and they are suffering with abuses of alcohol or abuses of drugs and their consciousness is um is obliterated somehow and and then hopefully they come out of that right and interestingly how do they come out of that every 12-step program tells you you got to get on your knees and pray to a higher power i had one guy at one 12-step program that i that i went to um, called Al-Anon, which is for the friends and family of people who suffer addictions. Right, right. And he said, you know, my dad brought me to this meeting. I belong to the other group. But when I first went to Al-Anon and started doing my 12-step program, I realized um, that I didn't really have a God. And my sponsor said to me, well, get on your knees and pray to whom it may concern, because you're not going to make it without it. Yeah. And I thought that was really powerful. Wow. Dusty, you talked about turning inward, right? You talked about that. And even an atheist is half afraid in the dark, right? I love that line. Hmm. And there's this line, all those in this world who are in a state of grace have within themselves the seat of glory. And so those who are within a state of mortal sin, even though they deny God, have within themselves the seat of hell. Hell begins here, so does heaven, but heaven does not in here, neither does hell. I love mm-hmm. when Sheen talks about that because Jordan Peterson talks about this. Dr. Jordan Peterson, who's not a Christian, he's not a Catholic or anything like that. And in I remember his book, 12, 12 Rules for Life, and many other talks. He talks about this, about, yeah, believing in us. Of course, his hell is different from Fulton Sheen's description, but there's similarities because he talks about how he sees hell inside of people. He talks about walking down the street. You go to San Francisco or any other place and you see people on the streets fighting, drugged out, uh, me- mental illness, and even other people that are just lost. And he talks about how when you recognize that, you almost want to walk on the other side of the street. You almost don't even want to pass by them because they're in a such of hell that they make hell for each other the people that they contact do you recognize any of that or seen any of that or dealt with any of that john in your experience sure i mean to me what that is is like uh it's really not anything at all it's it's an absence of god right it's it's sort of delving into the the privation of evil theory it's like what we're witnessing, and this is something to, to, to piggyback more on what Dusty was saying with regard to drug and alcohol use, is that that's what that does. It's, it's like sin in general, drugs and alcohol, crime, the, the type of stuff that Jordan Peterson was talking about is sort of an invitation of evil or it's, or it's a, a manifestation or it is a choice uh, is rejection of God. Is it is a rejection of the love of God or love in general? And so, yes, in that sense, it is like hell because hell is, you know, pretty much like, you know, we have a lot of terms for it, but really, what it is is it's an absence of God. Yeah, you know? uh, it's a negation. It's somehow, paradoxically, uh, he somehow creates it, but you know, it's really just a place where he isn't. You know, mm-hmm. and we can bring that upon ourselves here in this world by rejecting the love of God and rejecting uh, his presence in us and turning inward or 
numbing that uh, with drugs and alcohol or other any type of other worldly addiction or worldly distraction, you know, which we're all subjected to every day. I look at hell too, and especially in Dante's, going back to Dante's closing that up, you see his depictions of the nine circles of hell, vice, the opposite of virtue as well, because there's the gluttons, the people that are lustful. And in Dante's Inferno, I keep bringing this up because I think it's so, it, it pairs so good, almost like a, a wine and a good steak or a fish and a white wine. It pairs so good because I love the tell <laughs> you does because Bolton Sheen yeah. talks about how the what is that great line that he says, whoever. Whenever we commit a serious sin, there is, first all, a turning away from God. Secondly, there is a turning to creature. Take, for example, alcoholism, obviously a turning away from God. Reputation of the reason he is given to us. Secondly, there is a turning into creatures. And then also, he talks about, I like that one line. I, don't, I didn't pull it up, but there's one line where he says that uh, alcohol was made for us, right? God made alcohol for us to use in moderation. But when we abuse the alcohol, it's as if the alcohol turns to us and says, I was made for you to use me. Now you abuse me. Now I shall abuse you or something like that. You know, it gets all, all dramatic, all Fulton Sheen right. style. And mm-hmm. the alcohol abuses us. And to <laughs> me, that's the vice in Dante's Inferno, the people that are lustful, guess what they're doing? They're losing horrible, lustful acts. People that are gluttonous, they're they're feeding into their gluttony, but it's hell. And to me, I see that even within myself, I find myself, if I like something too much, or if I make that thing a god, it mm-hmm. backfires, right? Mm-hmm. Can, you, can y'all talk about that? Like, why? Why? Like, I know why, but that, isn't that weird? That whatever, and it's a good, you know, sex is a good, money's a good, um, food is a good, but whenever you abuse it, it backfires, right? It's interesting how God created that. Yeah. You know, he, uh, too much of anything, yeah. of anything, even water is bad yeah, for you. Yeah, you could die. Uh, I was reading a story online about a lady who died in, in wow, a water yeah. drinking contest that a radio station sponsored. I oh was like, what? <laughs> so, so it happens, you know, but I think you, you the thing that also is really kind of sad is when we are led to sin by let's say temptation right by by the evil one um he not only tells you like here have that extra uh piece of candy or have that extra hit or or that extra (laughs) drink or whatever and keep going keep going keep going keep going and then you do it and then he turns around and he looks at you and he says, you're a piece of crap. Look at yeah. you. You're a mess. And it makes you feel horrible. Yeah. You've, you've now turned uh, not only not loved someone, but you you feel horrible because you haven't really loved yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it is interesting how much hell is related to love or the lack of love yeah. in the whole scheme of things. And um, and that's the version of love. Or a perversion of love, absolutely. But God is a perfect love. And what happens when we take that perfect love and reject it completely? You see it. I mean, I, I, I see it every time I turn on CNN and I see people picketing uh, ridiculous things and fighting and saying things that are uh, completely spinning in the face of God. I, yeah. I feel so sorry for them. And I go, man, I don't even want to be around when when it catches up to you because it's really sad you know there is truth 
there is love and there is God. And then there's the opposite. You yeah. Know, what we're talking about. And I think John, John does a really good job of, of explaining some yeah. of that. John hit us some more with some knowledge about your, your thoughts on hell. And what's and the suffering. antidote too? What's the antidote to that? I always like uh, Sheen because he's really good about getting into the gospel and sort yep. of playing off of the words of the gospel and all of his talks. So one of the things that stuck out was, you know, he says 11 times Jesus mentions eternal fire uh, in, in the gospel. And then 30 times in the New Testament, eternal fire is mentioned. And so he wants us to understand that there are eternal consequences, like y'all mentioned earlier, uh, and that fire somehow, whether that we're supposed to take that literally or allegorically, like we're supposed to understand it in that sense, mm -hmm. you know, because what is fire? Fire is a number of different things. It can be great, it can be bad, or it can be torment, you know, it can be something that destroys or it can be something that purifies. Yeah. And again, I think that's all centered around what the source, God, love. Okay. So this is what, you know, the fire of God's love can be. And so he, he then uh, sort of starts to talk about, um, you know, marriage, you know, and he talks about the wicked. They don't want hell, he says, because they enjoy its torments. They want hell because they do not want God. Hell is eternal suicide for hating love. I like, I love and, that line. That's a good mm -hmm. one. I like that. And so, you know, it's sort of like he, he uses a later on, I don't know where it's at, but he uses a marriage analogy. And, you know, if a person dies, not, you know, in, in a state where they're ready to experience the fullness of God's love, then it's like being in a marriage uh, with somebody that you don't love, which is miserable, you know, mm. it should be miserable. You hear and that, yeah. That really, that really struck me, and and I'm sure that that would probably strike a lot of people. It's because, like, you know, sometimes we're not ready for love, I guess, and to be thrust into a situation where you have to spend your life with another person that you don't love is hell, you know? right? And uh, is that, a, is that a perfect description of what hell is like? No, but I think it's a small dose, and it's something for us primitive-minded human beings to sort of meditate on, you know? And, uh, you know, God is the, is the perfect loving spouse that we're all sort of destined to be towards. You know, this is not an erotic type of marriage. This is a spiritual marriage, something beyond the scope of human imagination. In scripture, it says, you know, you cannot be united with God unless you freely choose to love him. That's right. And you That's cannot right. love yeah. God. You cannot love him if you are great, gravely sinning against him uh, right. or, or even against yourself or even against your neighbor. It, 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 sin is the <laughs> the antidote to God's love, right? You're yeah. rejecting yeah. it completely. And that's how you you do that enough in your life. And that's how you end up in this place called hell, which interestingly, you can find no love there. And all those images mm. you're describing, Roger, yeah, 
the you know and 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 it's fascinating because those images are like the first time you ever see them in your life like you're yeah. like whoa what is this it impacts you and these images were during a time where there were no memes and no internet and you know <laughs> yeah. only yeah. the certain people who got to see those works of art got to <laughs> yeah. be impacted by them and now we all see them and um uh, i think also you know it's interesting we need to talk about um, and 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 maybe you guys even know more than me about this, but dur during some of the apparitions, some of the Marian apparitions, I believe Lourdes, um, she described hell. Yeah. Right? In Fatima, she shows a vision. She says, imagine you're this little girl, and she, show, and she was crying and screaming, and she sees a vision of hell. And imagine how terrifying you, might, you will be, right? Even if you're an adult for the Virgin Mary to show you this depiction of hell and fire and torture and wailing and gnashing of the teeth. She describes these horrific visions that she saw and it stayed with her. It stayed with her all, I mean, so long. And, and how can it not? It burns, if you will, in your head. Also, I cannot remember which one, but I know there was I, I believe it was in the correct. I don't, I don't know if anyone correct me if I'm wrong. It's in the eighties or nineties. I believe the nineties, an apparition in Africa of mm -hmm. the Virgin Mary. Did y'all hear about that? And she also showed, uh, gave one of them a vision of hell. Souls that would be on fire, but they would not burn. Oh, so yeah, all you're feeling oh, is like the, the, the heat of the fire constantly yeah. burning you. What a torture that is. Um, you know, when there was there was a day where I was I was thinking about that, like, and I remember as a kid, you know, uh, having a couple of instances where I told a lie, and then my parents found out about it, and there was a moment of time where, like, I know that the trouble is coming, that I'm about to get in trouble, mm -hmm. and it's like this heat that rises up inside of you, mm -hmm. uh, and almost it almost courses through your whole body because you know some you know you did something wrong you know you're about to suffer the consequences for it. And there's just this heat that rushes through your body. And I thought to myself, gosh, what if that's like what hell is like permanent, wow. permanently feeling that rush of heat, knowing that you did something wrong and that you're about to suffer for it, but experiencing that and that's not ugly. ever being able to reconcile it, just being stuck in that state forever. Or perhaps oh, wow. maybe that's what purgatory is like, you know? And you hear, well, uh, you see these vision of, of the Virgin Mary, these apparitions. She's not trying to scare. She wasn't trying to scare. She wasn't trying to scare people with the vision. Well, I mean, uh, in a way. But what I what I meant to say is, she's trying to get the world to repent. She's trying to turn away to say, "Look, yes. this is hell. This is a vision." And some people have been grateful. I know there have been near life death experience, even scientific, like scientific studies been done on some of them and they're like we don't know this is something outside of the science realm and they even attest to this and there are some near-death experiences of hell and it really helps that person who went through that to change their lives and even try to get mm -hmm. other people who hear that so i think when dusty brings up uh, the blessed virgin mary kind of showing these and whether it's fatima or in africa or lords showing even in medjugorje apparently yeah there's quite a bit that's of, right of yeah the, some of the, some of the visionaries in Medjugorje chose not to because I guess she gave them a choice and some of yeah. them didn't want to even see it. Uh, a couple of them chose to see it, and a couple of them I don't think I apparently would. were physically taken there, Ooh. and and they share their experiences. There's there's quite a bit of stuff online that you can find about that. But basically, you know, she's uh, the Virgin Mary said that 
people, the people that they saw in hell are there because they chose to go there. Yeah. They wanted to go to hell. They, they, want, they, they were persons on this earth who simply did not admit that God existed, even though he helps them, he gives them life, he gives them sun and rain and food. These people were, were they tried to nudge them into a path of holiness, but they simply just rejected, rejected God. God. And that's yeah. how they made the choice to be there because they denied him. They denied him time and again, and they continue to deny him even after they're dead. So it's their choice. Wow. Apparently it's their choice, their will that they go to hell. So they chose hell and, and they talk about it being a great fire, like an ocean of raging flames there, oh my goodness. which is really kind of horrible and scary. I know, I'm picturing it. And and I, you can only imagine the souls burning and the screaming that's going on and the torture and it never ends. Who would want to end up there, Ugh. man? I that's that's horrific. And and you know some people are like, oh man, that's fairy tales. That's you Catholics trying to scare us, you know. But there are definitely a lot of visionaries uh, that have had these scenes played to them by our heavenly mother, and. Um, these divine revelations of hell and other people, I'm sure saints and other people along the way have had these um, sort of realities of hell shown to them. And when you're a little kid and you grow up in a Catholic home, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. good old, that good I old know, Catholic remember, guilt, yeah. right. is told yeah. to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> that certainly straight straightens you up, you know? And of course in pop culture too, you hear, you see exorcists. Uh, well, you see that and you see the little cartoons and, 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 even in in, in cart, you know animated series and stuff things that you see growing up and you have this idea of what the little devil and the little angel on your on your shoulder trying to convince you to do the right thing and the wrong thing and 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 so we grow up with these images and you grow up um at some point in, in your life seeing that image of dante's version of hell yeah. and it's powerful powerful stuff i hope man i pray that god shows me grace and forgiveness for all my sins and i don't end up there that would be horrible i don't want to go there and one thing that gives me solace is in dante's inferno like the the all, all the people that are in hell when when dante goes down with virgil his guide and they talk to them there's one thing that they have in common that we as Catholics and other Christians would attest to, they're in there, they're still unrepentant. When they when when Dante talks to them, there's give they're still giving excuses. They talk they talk about the bad things they've done to get there. You know, I did this and I did that, but they still gave excuses. Like they didn't fully repent. That's the thing. The 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 people in the inferno did not repent. And that's the key to hell. They turn away. C.S. Lewis talks about this. How about he gives this analogy? He's like, okay, imagine a 90 year old person. You ever met those people that are older and they're just stuck in their ways and they're just grumpy and mean and they're just they're just awful to people. And imagine if you were given 300 years. Mm. Imagine if you were given a thousand years. Do you think you would get better or worse? Now imagine eternity. That's Oof. hell. That's hell. And you know, there's there's a concept we talked about at the last week's podcast or the week before. The kingdom of heaven is at yeah. hand. Yeah. Well, I think the kingdom of hell, hell is also yeah. at hand, right? Yeah. Because great. of the way we act, great and connection we've done. I mean, there's things in my life certainly that I've been involved with or that I've done that that are like hell, and you're going through hell, mm. and you have to mm. hold on to God's hand and ask for 
him to save you from from that evil or the 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 the, the tremendous stress that you're mm. going into and and people use it lightly every day they go oh man this is hell no no, no not yeah. really <laughs> um so so what what is the message of hope here like, yeah is there a message of hope in learning well, about th- this there's so the the one of the things that we talked about in our Sheen group, and one of the themes that kept coming up was is there might be some people listening to this podcast who are now afraid for certain people in their life. Maybe mm. there are people out there that they know, know that are rejecting the love of God or that have turned away from their faith or that maybe they don't know God or maybe they're a Buddhist or a Muslim or something like that. And we think to ourselves, well, what can I do to sort of, help this person come to know the love of God, you know, and a lot of people would might ask this question because you hear about, you hear this message of hell, you hear this message of eternal fire and things of that nature. And you think to yourself, I can't let my friend, you know, suffer that, you know, and what can I do? And so, you know, the, the, the other topic that came up was love, you know, that, that what are the greatest two commandments, you know, love God with all your soul, all your strength and all your being love your neighbor as yourself, right? And those two mm. things, that's where it all starts. You know, if we can't do that, then, you know, we are basically ushering ourselves into health. You know, if we can't, if we can't accomplish those two things, of course, we can't accomplish those two things, but by the grace of God. And so uh, I think it's just always important to remember that it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us, you know, it's the Holy Spirit that can really only show us what the love of God is. And uh, perhaps those people just haven't experienced that mercy and that grace yet. You know, and uh, I think about when you're talking about that, John, I think about, you know, what about your own kids? What, mm-hmm. what if you see your own children turning their backs on God, what that must feel like um, and what you can do for them? And I mean, we have examples in Santa Monica, for example, who prayed and prayed for her son, uh, mm-hmm. August, uh, Augustine, mm-hmm. um, Augustine, some, some people call him. And, um, and, and, and through that love, through that prayer, through that devotion of that mother praying constantly for her son, uh, we saw a change. So right. God gives us tools. God gives us a way, um, to, to help turn that around. The story of St. Monica is a, is a great example example too because saint monica although she was very faithful and she was very prayerful and she certainly was instrumental in the conversion of saint augustine he writes about it in confessions like she did try to sort of orchestrate and do things her way you know she was trying to arrange a marriage for him uh she insisted that his baptism be delayed you know, so that he could get all of the sin out of his system in his mm-hmm. earlier years and then convert to Christianity later on in his life. And he criticized his mother uh, for these things and confessions in some ways. Of course, he was very nice to her. He was far more charitable to his mother than his father. Uh, but, you know, he he criticized her. And, and then, of course, we as Catholics have that whole uh, series of events is where infant baptism goes back to is augustine realizing oh it would have been better if i had been baptized as as a young person rather than having that delayed intentionally and so the example there is 
you know, what's better, our, our human effort, you know, what we think is best for quiet prayer and, un, you know, unbreakable faith in God, you know, and it was St. Monica's faith in God ultimately and her prayer that led to Augustine's uh, conversion and not necessarily her physical actions or her human will that did it. Which brings us to a topic you and I were talking about before the show, John. This beautiful new novena that has come into our oh, life. Oh, yeah. The novena right. of uh, uh, of giving it all up to God, right? Of yeah. surrender. Right. It's called the, the, the surrender novena. And we talked about how it's a beautiful thing because most of the time when we're trying to do like, you know, you, you see your son suffering or, 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 or your, 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 your best friend or whatever, we try to control, we try to set up things like you were describing Santa Monica was doing. And in the end, what ended up happening? Actually, it was the prayer. It was handing it all over to God. Right. So I want to recommend to our listeners, um, this beautiful novena, maybe we'll even put it in our show notes. You can find it online. Yeah. It's called the novena of surrender. And I've started praying it. You told me, John, you started praying it. And, mm -hmm. um, it's a, it's a nice exercise, isn't it? Because we're kind of giving up all that power and control and saying, God, I, I can't do this. I can't handle this. You, yeah, you, like fix can't, it. you fix you know? it. You know, we can get as if we as faithful Christians reading the gospel or reading the lives of the saints, we can get caught up in this mentality of I can battle sin and I can overcome this. And if I just, you know, fight sin enough, then, you know, and, and with the help from God, I can overcome this. Yeah. Isn't like, that a Pelag that, Pelagianism, more, right? Yeah, Pelagianism we, where you can do it on your own. That, like, you can even you can even be successful at that maybe, but again, like it's not supposed to go that way. It's supposed to go. God did literally yeah. everything and I did nothing at all. You know, yeah. if we get ourselves into the position of thinking, well, I've fought, I've fought sin and I overcame this. It was like, well, no, I never really did anything. You know, it was God doing it all the time and, and me just sort of, uh, being responding. open to his grace. Yeah. There you go. Respond, right. being receptive. Yeah, reciprocating that, there you that go. love. You know? Not only that, but trying to control too much and not letting God handle it can drive you crazy. You know, mm -hmm. it, it is unnerving what I see people do when they're trying to get their loved one to give up drinking or to give up, you know, pot smoking or whatever. They're control, control, control. And um, many times in my life, I have uh, prayed, especially for the intercession of the Holy Family. Praying the Holy Family Novena is another thing that you can do um, for for people in your own family who are suffering and who need that divine intervention yeah. to be able to get out up from under that sin. You know, it's um, it's a world of temptation that we live in. It's an imperfect world. We're surrounded by all of this. Um, we've been surrounded by it since we were kicked out of that uh, of that paradise that, mm -hmm. that Adam and Eve were kicked out of. But the power of Satan, thankfully, is not infinite. It's not infinite. He's only a creature, yep. uh, powerful from the fact that that he was, um, you know, he 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 took on God and he went against him. He was a very powerful angel, and and God, um, Satan may have acted in this world out of hatred for God and His kingdom, and in Jesus also, 
through his action may have caused grave injuries. Um, yep. But in the end, he has to still respond to a set of rules. And that set of rules um, is a part of a greater plan for our universe and how things are supposed to work. Um, it's and a they story. Say, yeah, that's the story, right? And they say that there's one place that the devil does have free reign between your ears mm. in your mind and that's where we fear things that's where we get things like fear and mm. and we isolate and we turn uh, we 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 we're tempted and we turn our back on god so we need to be aware of all those things and again the answer to to basically getting rid of that is prayer prayer mm. prayer prayer so and i love that line that you know john you talked about the cross right the cross being you know you love love people love god and the more love you give out to people the more you're doing they bring in the kingdom at hand positive note we've seen hell is not going to be empty there's going to be a hell right we we know that the devil is real but think about this we can be receptive to the god's grace right we talked about that and i love this line let's leave it with this line from fulton sheen i think one of my favorites the sun which shines on the wax softens it the sun which shines on the mud hardens it there is no difference in the sun but only in that upon which it shines so too the love of god shining on a soul that loves him turns to heaven and the love of god shining on the soul that hates him turns to hell hell is a place where there is no love could anything be worse? Be receptive, get the sacraments, pray, get with a, a brotherly community, and have faith and trust in God. Let God take over. And by the way, what's our favorite exorcism, Roger? Going to of Emily confession. Rose. Oh, there you go. No, <laughs> I was like, oh, the going movie to confession. Said, going to confession. Yes, it's you, a mini you, exorcism. You, you get yes. rid of that man. You get rid of all that sin inside you. You confess it, and the devil has nothing else to hold on to. He you hates with. confession. He, he hates, hates confession. A lot it's of extras. He hates confession. I'm glad you said that. Confession too, as well. All you do, all those three things. Again, the main part, like John said, the main parts have faith in God, trust in God. It's difficult. It's tough, but remember that. Are you going to turn soft like wax? Are you going to be like that? Or are you going to harden like mud? What are you going to do? Wow. The, great episode. Um, John, you want to say any last words? Any last? I don't know. I don't think you have a Twitter or anything, but any last shout outs you want to say? No, just, you know, just the meditation on that, on the two greatest commandments. Yeah. You know, God, Jesus says, Somebody asks him in the gospel, how do I love God with all my heart? And he says, obey my commandments. Uh, again, I, for all the listeners, you can't really learn how to obey God's commandments without divine grace from God. So we can't help in the conversion of souls without grace from God. So we love God. That's a horizontal line going from us to earth mm. all the way up to heaven. And then we love our neighbor which is a vertical line and so those two lines together Forming form the, cross. the shape of the cross mm, right beautiful and so the two greatest commandments the cross there you know a perfect poetic uh end to yeah uh the story of salvation yeah all right man Amen. this has been faith reason and geekdom i am roger and i'm dusty god bless godspeed